Chapter Five of Prodigal Daughters by Joseph Hawking. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Kate Fallis. Chapter Five The Storm Breaks. Both girls started as they saw him. Each of them sat in an armchair, their legs crossed, smoking. Eleanor was the more restrained of the two, although the entrance of her father was unexpected and startling. She kept her seat and went on smoking. Peggy, however, started to her feet, her eyes flashing and her lips quivering as though she were preparing herself for a storm. "'Excuse me for intruding,' said the Colonel quietly but I thought I would just let you know that I am not asleep. Both of them were speechless. There was something in the quiet tones of his voice, something, too, in his very presence that made them afraid. I did not get home till eight o'clock, he went on, and was naturally surprised not to find you here. I was still more surprised to know that your mother did not know where you were gone. She did not know because we didn't think it best to tell her, replied Peggy, evidently ready for battle. I see, remarked the colonel quietly. May I ask why? Because we thought she might tell you. Was there any objection to that? There might be, was Peggy's curt reply. I see. You thought I might forbid your going. There was a touch of anger in his voice, which he could not repress. Peggy was quick to note this, and it gave her the courage to say what she and Eleanor had spoken about many times. It would have made no difference if you had. Indeed. Is that so? he replied quietly. Anyhow, it gives one an idea how we stand. He was on the point of saying more when he looked at the child's angry, defiant eyes. In spite of everything, she was a pretty, attractive girl. It was true she was rather overdeveloped for one of her years, but still only a child to him. Almost unconsciously, his mind fled back over the years, and he thought of her as she was when he had left England. His memory called up a laughing-eyed, untidily dressed, willful, but loving little maid, who found it difficult to enunciate her R's. He remembered her as generous-hearted, too, difficult to deal with, certainly, but a tender-hearted little thing all the same. He crushed back the words he was going to utter. He felt they would do no good, and would probably do harm. Perhaps neither of them had had a fair chance. He had been away several years, and they looked upon him as a stranger. He had been out of the world during those years, away from all the influences which had changed the thought and life of the country. He must make allowances. He must try to understand. 
on the other hand however colonel trelawney was a soldier and a disciplinarian he had a pride of birth too and shrunk from everything that was out of accord with the traditions of his name all the trelawney women were far removed from the loud vulgar type of creature whom at heart he despised and he could not stand supinely by while they besmirched his name children he said quietly you and i will have to understand one another naturally on coming back after so many years i find things changed but we trelawneys have always been very proud of our women we have idealized them somewhat however i need not speak about that now i was much surprised to learn that this is not the first time you have gone out alone and have returned in the early hours of the morning without getting your mother's consent also you've been out without a proper chaperone but we'll not discuss it to-night i'm too distressed to speak as calmly as i ought while you are not in the frame of mind to receive what i shall have to say in the right spirit all the same we shall have to come to an understanding for i can assure you that this kind of thing must come to an end to-morrow we will discuss everything fully meanwhile it is best that you should know that i am trying to look at things from your point of view and that although your old dad has been away so long he loves you both very dearly good night or rather good morning you'll want to go to bed he held the door open and waited for them to pass through he did not offer to kiss them he did not think it best he saw the hot rebellious flash in peggy's eyes and noted the supercilious and slightly bored attitude which eleanor had assumed when they had gone the colonel went back to his den and sat for a long time in deep thought he had never dreamt of such a position and did not know what to do did you speak to them asked his wife when at length he went to his room he shook his head nothing of importance he replied i did not think it wise i only told them we would have to come to an understanding later meanwhile eleanor and peggy had gone to their rooms you see we're in for it said peggy yes of course i saw it would come i summed him up the night he came home i must confess though that he kept very calm i was downright frightened when he came into the room i thought there'd be hell to pay i expect there will before long i don't know i thought he took it very well that's because you don't understand him for my own part i should have been easier in my mind if he had blustered and threatened but he's not that sort he's one of those quiet iron-willed men who are always hardest to deal with oh your pranks are over my child what do you mean you'll be as gentle as a cooing dove after he's been home a few weeks will i 
cried the child defiantly you'll see if he tries to come the stern parent over me i tell you i'll run away i'll marry jim and make a fool of yourself i don't care if i do eleanor shrugged her shoulders of course you'll do as you like but i can see we're in for a storm the next morning the colonel knocked at eleanor's door it's ten o'clock he said pleasantly you'll be late for church if you aren't quick the girl did not speak did you hear me said the colonel in a louder voice yes i heard you that's right you'll be down in a few minutes then no i'm tired i don't propose getting up yet i say i am disappointed said the colonel i had looked forward to your going to church with me on my first sunday home no thank you replied eleanor i don't propose going the colonel hesitated and seemed on the point of saying something more but evidently decided to be silent then he made a movement as if to go to peggy's room but again stopped there was a dangerous flash in his eyes as he went downstairs but he said nothing to his wife going to church john he asked as the clock neared eleven if you wish dad replied the boy when the colonel and john returned an hour and a half later the former was very quiet the whole family gathered in the dining-room for lunch and the colonel talked pleasantly on commonplace topics it might seem as though he had forgotten the previous night's conversation the two girls however were watchful and excited they felt that the atmosphere was tense while mrs trelawney looked nervously from face to face as if constantly expecting an outbreak when lunch came to an end the girls were preparing to leave the room but were suddenly arrested by their father's voice will you all come into the treadmill he said quietly i want a little talk with you i hope it won't take long remarked peggy i have an engagement at three o'clock i'm not quite sure how long our conversation will take replied the colonel it may be best for you to contemplate breaking your engagement whatever it may be although peggy sadly wanted to say something in defiance there was a ring in her father's voice which restrained her she instantly felt a force to which she was unaccustomed she no longer had her mother to deal with but a personality of a different order the colonel did not speak for a few seconds after following them into the room he quietly lit his pipe and after lighting it sat back in his armchair girls he said have you given up going to church there was no reply he repeated the question yes replied eleanor at least i have are you looking for your cigarettes peg have one of mine and she threw her a case are they the cause of it asked the colonel motioning to the cigarettes you never saw your mother use those things because i have no use for religion 
replied eleanor coolly ignoring his reference to their smoking ah is that so then may i ask why really father i didn't expect to be asked to pass a theological examination i have no use for religion because i can't see what use it is to me i believe there are a few people even yet who find use for it but that is their affair but you have none none that is as religion is ordinarily understood i don't quite follow you i'm sorry the religion i was brought up to believe in doesn't appeal to me it doesn't seem to hold water i can't see the good of going to church one is simply bored of course i imagine most people have a religion of some sort but again that is their own affair it's purely a personal matter may i ask whether you've given up the ethics of the christian religion asked the colonel really father i've never considered the matter the world's ideas have grown during the last two thousand years and i imagine if one needs a religion one will have to think the matter out on his own lines that's very interesting then from what you say i suppose you do not regard the christian religion as having any authority over you i don't see why it should have eleanor my dear for shame how can you say such things cried mrs trelawney helplessly although the girl was very pale and her lips trembled somewhat she retained remarkable control over herself she extracted a cigarette from the case which peggy had handed back to her and lit it with fairly steady fingers why for shame mother she asked i suppose father doesn't want me to tell him any lies he has asked me questions and i have tried to answer him to the best of my ability then the commandments are according to your point of view obsolete i suppose asked the colonel taking no notice of his wife's interruption perhaps yes perhaps no what particular commandment do you refer to honour thy father and thy mother was the colonel's reply don't you believe in that not in the sense in which you regard it it may be that one's father and mother do not deserve honouring there is another biblical precept went on the colonel children obey your parents don't you believe in that not necessarily it may be all right for kiddies but when one has grown up one must use one's own judgment i see and the colonel's voice became hard as he spoke then we'll leave the abstract aspect of the question and come to the personal do you regard it as your duty to obey me eleanor thought a few seconds before replying up to now she felt that she was going through her catechism very well she saw too by the triumphant flash in peggy's eyes that her sister thought she had carried her points triumphantly but now she felt on less sure ground 
try as she might against it there was something in her father's presence that awed her not so much because he was a strong clear-headed man but because he was her father had another man made any assumption of authority she would have strongly resented it but she felt that for some inexplicable reason her father was different still she would stand by her guns as she had told her sister more than once she felt that the tug-of-war was coming and she thought she was ready for it not if your commands opposed my judgment and hindered my freedom was her answer i see replied the colonel and i presume peggy also has the same views yes only a bit stronger replied peggy and the tones of her voice bordered on the insolent the colonel gave a quick glance around the room and saw his wife's anxious almost horror-stricken look noted too the eager interest in john's face he felt that an important hour had come in the history of his family End of chapter 5